Three fierce hurricanes and a powerful earthquake all just weeks apart put the hard work, dedication, and quick response of our teams in the spotlight. For me, it was the, the scariest moment in my life. Believe me, scary is, a, is an understatement. Hi everyone, I'm Tom Doerr, and on this episode of the Life at AT&T podcast, tales from inside the critical effort to reconnect our network in Puerto Rico following Hurricane Maria. You are listening. You're listening. You're listening. Estás escuchando. To the life. To the life. The life at AT&T podcast. A firsthand perspective always leads to the truest sense, the rawest emotions, and the most accurate picture. My good friend and colleague Chris Morgan spent 10 days in Puerto Rico listening and gathering stories from our folks on the front lines. Chris, welcome back. Tom, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to talk about Puerto Rico. What was it that made you decide, that said, I need to go to Puerto Rico? I have done um, several stories on the amazing things that AT&T employees do in disasters. I've done several Whitaker stories. But I've never actually seen firsthand what people do, so this seemed like the time to do it. And you came back with some extremely emotional stories, not just about the work that we're doing down there, but how this storm impacted our employees, our employees' families, and the larger community in Puerto Rico. It was an amazing impact that the storm had. And in fact, one person I talked to said it seemed like you could hardly look around without seeing you know devastation or some way the storm had impacted the island even six weeks after the the storm happened close roads falls to the ground cables down desperation people out, outside looking and desperate when you touched down in Puerto Rico and San Juan, what were some of the first images that you remember seeing that really made the fury of this hurricane stand out to you? There were still buildings that were in, you know, it was they were just in little pieces still. There was still um, electrical wire and, and, you know, you'd see trees and other vegetation on the ground. But San Juan is, on, on the whole, the main parts of the city, the parts where tourists might be, were pretty well cleaned up. But when you get away from the city mm-hmm. and you get to the smaller villages, you get to the mountainsides, mm-hmm. what are you seeing there? Well, then you see heavily damaged homes and other buildings that could never be repaired. You see, you still see lines down everywhere, you know, even across the roads, you see big trees down or big trees about to fall down. So, I mean, it still looks like it's a semi-dangerous. It's a pending danger, especially when you have trees, like you mentioned, about to fall down Mm -hmm. or lines that are crossing what may be the only road in or out of an area, making it totally unsafe to travel. Mm -hmm. Right. Right, but that's that's where the AT&T employees are. That's what they're doing. The folks went out there to survey, basically on foot, walking through 
two, three days after the destruction of the storm, climbing up mountains, they had what they had a machete crew clearing the path for them. And and basically the first thing we had to do was get an idea of what the heck was out there. Because you don't know. So what are our teams doing down there to fight through these these obstacles? We have made really incredible inroads there, particularly in like the San Juan area, which is where they they started. It's more the center part of the island that is they're working on the on the service, and they've also brought in equipment that that several of the bigger cities like Ponce have and and are utilizing now. It's just that it's all being run on generator. One of the first things that I was told was that generators are like gold there because they're ever, you know, that's the power source, that can, you know, that, that you can count on. As you spent more time with, with our crews and our frontline folks, what was the dominant emotion that came across to you as you spent time with them? They feel very proud to work for AT&T. I think they feel that AT&T has, has really been there. They've, I mean, because AT&T has provided water and food and, you know, different things that make just your day-to-day life tolerable. There was a lot of lines to get water, potable water. Uh, AT&T was our saver in, in that way because there was given us water since uh, the first week. Now, how employees keep going without power or water and, and, you know, work all day at their jobs and then go home and spend a couple of hours getting the generator going. You know, sometimes they're, they're going to buy water as well. So or bringing it in from somewhere. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of chores at the beginning mm-hmm. and the end of the day. And you got a lot of stories of, of, of people who were grateful, who are employees who are not only grateful for what we were doing to reconnect the network, but what we were doing to help in the community. Everywhere that I walked in and they see an AT&T shirt, people would have hugged me, people have kissed me, people have like kind of broken tears saying, thank you for what you guys are doing. And uh, I felt like a rock star. So I'm very proud of the brand. I'm very proud of AT&T. In almost every case, when I when I met an employee who lived in Puerto Rico, I would ask how they were doing and how their family was doing, and almost everybody said fine. And then I would ask them how their house was, and they said fine. And then I would ask, do you have power? And they would say no. And I would say, do you have water? And in some of the cases, they did, and some they didn't. But they all considered a standing house to be fine. Wow. Yeah, so different, I think a different standard had set in there. But when you look at what people are going through and and you wonder if it's a mindset of, I'm here, I need to focus on on what I'm doing can help provide a lot of good for the rest of my community and my family. I think so. People definitely said that. The employees did. You know, that they... I, I met one man who worked on this uh, microwave radio team, and they're doing a lot of work in the interior of the island. And, um, in fact, are using 
the ECPs, the emergency communication portables, with satellites for the first time, and they're able to connect with these microwave towers, the cell towers at a much faster rate than has ever been done before. So there was a, um, a man, Antonio, who um, has been assigned this team and is helping them navigate the roads and, and really just sort of leading the way for them, um, being the tour guide. And, and he said he was really, just really proud to be working with that team and working for AT&T. He lives in a small village in the mountains and he said, um, well, he's not able to live in his home because of not the hurricane, but the mudslides after the hurricane have made it uninhabitable. So he and his wife and three children have moved in with their in-laws. They don't have power. They don't have water. They don't have school for the children. But in the last week, they have cell service. Which changes an awful lot. Yes. And that's because of the work his team has, has provided there in Puerto Rico. So. There's your point of pride. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. A pat on the back from your boss and a big hug when you get home at night, I'm sure. Yes. Well, right. I mean, you might be a hero <laughs> within your town for a while as well. We have one employee that came in a bicycle. He drove like 25 miles because he wanted to report to work and he came driving a bicycle. That's the sense of commitment that the employees of this market has. You could just see how hard people were working. You know, people were working on the weekends, people were working at night. When we went up with the um, microwave tower team from, from California, we started the day um, in a warehouse that was no windows, really hot. It was fairly hot in Puerto Rico at the time. That we were there for a couple of hours, then we went up the mountain, which took, you know, a few more hours. Biggest challenge here is definitely weather. Weather, drive time, and uh, road conditions. Uh, sometimes roads are impassable, sometimes they get blocked, sometimes all of a sudden they become unblocked. Uh, trying to find ways around. So it can be a very dangerous environment driving around. Once we arrived at the site, clouds started forming and it rained for the next about three and a half hours. And now we are completely socked in with clouds and literally sitting in the clouds at almost 4,300 feet. When we finished, it was probably nine, maybe. You know, I've finished, I'm saying, you know, we were off the mountain, we were, you know, done for the day. I was really tired just from taking notes and making sure we were getting the right shots. And these people, they were going right back out there the next day. You know, it wow. was, and then they'll do it again and again and again. And they had already been there since, um, well, the 1st of October. So. It seems like one of those situations where there's no calendar and there's no clock. Yeah, basically, I think you're right, yeah. <laughs> so you have to feel pride by that, I think. And once again, it's that feeling of pride mm -hmm. that kind of motivates you and pushes you through. Mm -hmm. Now that you're back, what are some of the lasting images you still see and, and emotions you still feel that take you back to Puerto Rico? Some of the people took me out to see the, the cars that stop by the edge of the road to, to get signals. So if they don't have signal at their house, 
there's a lot of talk about signal in mm-hmm. Puerto Rico. So they don't have if they don't have signal at their house, they drive around till they find it, and so then one car will become two and three. And at this point, it was just you know five or six cars we were seeing. Right. They said at the very beginning it was you know you'd see hundreds of cars just stopping by the looking interstate. to try to find a way to communicate. Yes, yes, looking for the one bar. Just one. Yes, yes. So. Um, we, we did find that and, um, they took me back to the hotel and I was going to go ahead and start looking at some of the video. Well, I got back to the room and it was dark for the first time. And the hotel was huge, um, a huge chain, big convention center kind of place, but it had electricity, but it was generator. Um, so I was surprised by this, that the generator wasn't working. So I went down and I found the manager and she said, well, um, we had switched back to electricity, but we've lost it all. We've only been on it a day, she said, but it's gone again. And there was a huge outage that last day I was there. So almost all the electricity was down again. So all the, the inroads that had been made in that area, they lost them all. And this manager who was um, very chic, kind of person she was crying and I had been really diligent while I was there and like making sure when I got a chance when I saw Mm -hmm. an outlet that was working I would charge yes I would charge everything so I had not I had kind of been slacking off that last day I had nothing nothing was charged you started to take it for granted I did I did that was wrong but what a crushing blow I know oh she was weeping you know, I just really felt how defeated people felt then. And, and I felt a little concerned. I didn't have much of a bar on my phone, and, and I hardly had any battery. And I just really sort of got a sense, I think, of how disconnected people must, must feel. So when you started feeling that way, what came over you? I just felt sort of alone, I think. Really. No way to communicate. No. In the dark. You felt alone. Mm-hmm. Then you see why it's so important. I want to ask you about some of the pieces that you've put together quickly. Um, and, and what viewers can expect to see well we talked to more than 20 people and on camera so we we were able to talk to people who both live in puerto rico live and work there as well as people who have come in from from all sorts of places to um work on the network and to help there so i think there's there's a lot of different perspectives and hopefully you just get a sense of how important everyone thinks this is Excellent and emotional first-hand reporting from Chris Morgan, who spent time on the ground in Puerto Rico. Check it out when you can. Thank you again, Chris. Thank you. And thank Thanks you. for letting me talk about it. And thank you to all of those who have or are still working in Puerto Rico and to our employees and their families there. Our thoughts are with you each and every day. Thank you for listening, everybody. I'm Tom Dewar, and we'll look for you next time on The Life at AT&T Podcast.